Hello, Gospel for Grampian listeners. Welcome to Women of Africa Care on Air this beautiful 15th February. And today we have got beautiful Shanaz and Angelina. Shanaz is not only a pastor, but she's also a businesswoman. So she wears leadership in both in the religious community as well as in the business community. So I'm very fortunate to have good friends around that they've got the best of both in terms of intellect in the business world as well as spiritual intellect. My beautiful friend, welcome. Greet our listeners today. Thank you, beautiful Angelina, and I'm blessed to be here today. Blessed that you are the CEO of Women of Africa Care. Blessed that you are our leader on this air crew team. So blessed and highly favored by the Lord. Welcome to our beautiful listeners, Gospel for Grampian listeners. We pray today that you will be inspired by the word that we will be sharing, that your relationship with the Father will grow from victory to victory, that the word of God will encourage you in spite of what you're facing, that you will know that you are loved and that you are not alone, that the word of God is there to edify you, to give you guidance through Every challenge that you face. Thank you, beautiful Angelina. Thank you, Shanaz. Yes, you can see the shepherd's heart coming forth, Gospel for Grampian listeners. Shanaz is a definitely a shepherd by note, uh, and we just love her to bits, and we're just so glad that she can impart into our listeners today and always from a shepherd's heart. So, beautiful friend, I just want you to know that I love and appreciate you, and Women of Africa Care love and appreciate you. And so, for our listeners today, Shanaz, we're talking about a very, very interesting topic, and it is so vast. We are talking about the fruits of the Spirit and the benefits of the fruits of the Spirit. And before we go into the details of the fruits of the Spirit, I'm reminded about Matthew 7, where Jesus talks about a tree is known by its fruit. And I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that before I bring up Scripture, or can I talk about it and then you can share your views on that? Absolutely. Thank you, beautiful Angelina. You know, when people experience us, they obviously, we say first impressions last, right? And so depending on what we share with them in that, I suppose, couple of first minutes, people will have an impression about you. And I think that's our fruits. What do we give off when we engage with others? How do they experience us? How do they interpret our let's call it even just our demeanor towards them. Do we embrace them? Or do we come across a bit as pious and not listening to them? Or are we too caught up with our own stuff that we don't even pay attention to others around us? So that's part of our fruits because we we are like the Bible says a tree and we give off fruits. Uh, Thank you, Angelina. Yes, yes. I love what Matthew 7 says. Jesus says there, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? 
Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings forth not good fruit is honed down and cast into the fire, wherefore by their fruits we shall know them. And that's exactly what Shanaz is saying, that our expression in life reveals the fruit that we have. You can't hide your, your fruit. Out of the abundance of the heart flows either evil or good. So nobody can hide their nature. If you're trying to hide, you can only hide for a little while. But after a while, the true nature of a person will come out. And in verse it says your good fruit is doing the will of God. Uh, maybe this is debatable, Shanaz, but in Matthew 7.21, Jesus says, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. So fruit is not just character but it is also doing the will of God because here we see in Matthew 7 21 God is saying that not everybody will enter the kingdom of heaven but those who do the will of God many will say to me in that day Lord Lord have we not prophesied in your name and in your name cast out devils and in your name done many wonderful works and then will I profess unto them I never knew you depart from me ye that work iniquity. So we see from scripture that fruit is beyond just having a good character, but it is also doing the will of God. And and I can say that when you are in the vine with Christ Jesus, then it is natural for you to do the will of God. Right, Shanaz? Definitely. And I think, Angelina, the will of God starts with the very first commandment which allows you to be part of the vine, that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. We spoke about last week also dying to self, as Erika and yourself spoke about dying to self. And you cannot do the will of God if you don't die to self. If you don't, accept that commandment and love it outright. And coming to the true vine, you can only be part of the true vine when you know that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, that you are submitted under his authority, and you allow him to prune your life. And I guess that's where God um, holds character, you know, when the Lord reveals to us that some areas of our life is not aligned to how he wants us to love, and we allow him to prune us. And then we are truly committed to the Father, and we are, we are then actually one with him because Jesus was one with our Father. He says he did nothing apart from his Father. Everything we saw or, or heard about Jesus was everything that was done that was inspired by our Father. So Jesus didn't pursue his own ways and his own will, but he loved according to our Father. And so the will of God is that we love him with all our hearts, all our soul, and mind. And that means submitting to him 100%. There's no holding back. And I, I guess, Angelina, that's where the fruit of the Spirit is so important because that is one of, let's call it, like a compass telling us are we in the right direction. 
because if we don't see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, then we certainly know that we're bearing the bad fruit, as you have read now. So we need to assist ourselves and measure ourselves against the Word of God. Thank you, I love what you're saying, Shanaz. We, you know, a lot of people do it the other way. They do the works of trying to tick the box around, I'm, I'm love, I'm joy, I'm peace, I'm goodness, I'm kindness. They, they work it around. I'm going to work at bearing the fruit. Whereas what the Word of God says that abiding in the vine is where the fruit then comes into uh, fruition, comes into production, right? Absolutely. So so we got to John 15, 4 says, abide in me. Jesus says this, abide in me and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So Gospel for Grampian listeners, as Shanaz and I unpack some more fruits of the Spirit today, we want to tell you that you cannot do this fruit thing on your own. You cannot work at it at your own. You have to abide in Christ Jesus. And the key that Shanaz says that in the abiding is loving the Lord your God with all your soul, all your spirit, all your body, and all your heart. Because it, that's where the abiding comes. Because when you submit and abide to God with your entire being, because we are spirit beings, we live in a body, and we have a soul, and we have a heart where the will makes decisions. And so God is saying when you begin to love, me with every part of you then you abide in me and when you abide in me then you bear fruit but if you don't abide in me don't even think love joy peace goodness kindness gentleness patience and self-control is going to come forth because it is a fruit of the abiding without the fruit of uh, there's no fruit of good like Shana says without the abiding in God and in verse 5 he goes on to say in John 15 5 I am the vine and you human beings are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And here is Jesus is not only talking about the fruits of the spirit, but he's talking about doing the will of God. If you don't abide in God, you cannot do the will of the Father. You're going to do your own will, right, Shanas? Absolutely. So, And I think it brings us back to relationships. You know, it's not a religion. It's not about performing rituals that will cause you to abide in Abba Father. It's about having a relationship with the Lord Jesus. And that allows you to be able to abide in Him as well. And I think that's so important and profound that, you know, it differentiates how we love if we reflect on other other religions. And it's about the relationship. It's not about pursuing certain rituals that you have to enact, but it is abiding in Abba Father, meaning that He wants you to be close to Him because He will cause you to be the fruit, the good fruit. And when we are away from Him, then naturally we will have bad fruits that we will be displaying because it's when we in Christ and as we stay and abide in Him, and how do we abide in Him? It's when we constantly reading God's Word, meditating upon His Word, spending time in prayer with Him. That's so important. That's the abiding that the Word of God speaks about here. So abiding 
means we have to be in God's word. We have to allow him to speak to us through his word. We also have to make sure that we dedicate our time towards our Father, where we set time aside and we make time to pray. Pray to understand the word of God where he reveals the word to us. It's like having your best friend, Angelina. Can you imagine that you never actually spend time with your friend? And so you lose touch with the person. You, you don't know what their likes and dislikes are any longer. But the moment you stay in touch with your best friend again, you start to understand their likes and dislikes. And that's the same with the Lord Jesus. When we abide in Him, when we're walking in relationship, we make time for His Word, we understand what He requires from us, the will of God that you spoke about. That's where we understand what the will of God is for our lives. And that's when we are able to submit to Him. So we can't submit to Him when we're not abiding in Him. And then we are not sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Because when we are away from Him, we are not able to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will show us areas where we perhaps not abiding in Him. And that's where the pruning happens that we spoke about as well. Thank you, beautiful Angelina. And I love what Shanaz is saying. It's confirmed in verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. And that's the key here, Gospel for Grampian listeners. You cannot abide in the absence of God's Word. Just like Shanaz says, you can't uh, have a healthy relationship with your friend if you don't have uh, consistent conversations. You have to have regular conversations with your friend to keep the relationship healthy. And that's exactly what God's Word is saying in in John 15, verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. And by this, my Father... Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. And very important here, disciples is followers of Christ. Don't put disciples in a in a box and think it's just pastors and preachers on the pulpit. Disciples is everybody that follows Jesus Christ. The minute we become a Christian, we are a disciple of Jesus Christ. That means we are all called to abide. And that happens through us letting the word of God work in us, right? us? Yes, and I think they, they, it's so beautiful, God's word. When Verse 7, when you read, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. There's so many promises, you know, that the Lord gives to us as, as his children, that when we abide in him, that we can ask him anything. I'm sure, Angelina, if you have a stranger that walks past you, and ask you for something. It's not so easy just to to perhaps give that person whatever they're asking, but when I perhaps come to you because you know me and we have a relationship, it's easier for you to give to me. So our Father is simply saying that we have to be in a relationship with Him. We have to abide in Him. And when we ask of Him, He shall give us whatever we ask. And when we abide in Him, we also then glorify and we bring glory to God because our fruits will bring glory to Him. It's not elevating us because our lives are submitted to, to our Father and through our own submission, we cause our Father for His light to shine through us because we are the light 
for this world as well. And so our fruits will be a light in this world. And many a times there are other people that need to see our fruits so that they can find hope and also believe in Christ again. Thank you, Angelina. Thank you so much, Shanaz. And so while we, we're starting with this platform in the Fruits of the Spirit Gospel for Grampian listeners is that we want you to walk in the spirit so that the fruits of the spirit can naturally be exhibited through your life. We are at the expression of Jesus on the earth. That means his nature, his fruits is what we exhibit through our lives. And you can't exhibit the fruits if you don't understand that the foundation is that you need to be rooted in Christ Jesus. You need to be abiding in Jesus. And therefore, Shanaz and I are starting with an introduction to say to you, we're going to tell you what the fruits are and the benefits of the fruit in your life and for other people. But before we get to the benefits of the fruit, we want you to know how to get into the abiding so that the fruits can naturally be produced through your life, just like an apple tree. The apples are not formed without the the tree being planted and the branches being part of the tree. The fruit are coming forth from the branches and the leaves. But the fruit is the last thing that comes out of the tree. The tree has to first be planted in the ground and then it needs to be watered and then it forms into a massive tree and then out of that luscious tree, you begin to see now apples forming. So we're saying in a Christian's life, you can't see the fruit without being rooted in Christ Jesus. So the first and foremost thing, Gospel for Grampian listeners, is that when you become born again, you need to abide in Christ Jesus. You need to submit to what Shanaz said. Love the Lord your God with all your spirit, with all your soul, with all your heart, with all your body. That is, you die to self and you submit to the word of God. If the word of God says that you need to honor God with your eyes, that means you can't be looking at perverted uh, perverted things. If the word of God says you need to honor God with your body, that means you can't allow your body to do things that are sinful. The Bible clearly states out the things that are not godly, the activities. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then um, Galatians, before we talk about the fruits of the spirit, Paul talks about the fruits of the evil uh, nature. And so when you, when you abide in Christ, you will begin to say, Lord, I love you so much. I'm going to do what pleases you. I love what Proverbs 9 says. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, meaning, Lord, I respect you so much that I'm going to honor your word. I'm going to put your word above myself. Remember what the word of God says. The father says, I put my word above my name, meaning he puts Jesus above himself. And that is putting the word above everything. And it is Jesus that does the judgment. He judges us in equity and in righteousness because the word judges. And so when we begin to put the word of God as priority in our lives, then we love the Lord with all our mind, spirit, uh, body and soul, then we are now abiding in Christ Jesus. That means the fruits will now begin to show and be exhibited. Right, Shanaz? Definitely. And I think when we when we first experience the Lord Jesus, we automatically experience forgiveness, forgiveness from sin. And that brings us back into right standing with the Lord. And so we have to allow the Lord Jesus to shed his love into our hearts. We need to get that revelation. And I think that was the first fruit that we spoke about last week. And without experiencing that love, 
we cannot receive all the other fruits as well. I like how Erika spoke about it, that love leads to joy. Joy leads to peace. And so automatically, when we do the first step, which is reconciling with the Father, where we allow the Lord Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, His love is being shed abroad in our hearts. And therefore, joy will be received because we now have love. And I think that's just so profound, Angelina. Even when we read, continue to read in John 15, verse 9, it says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So it's not in, I'm not abiding in somebody else's love. I don't. The fruit of the Spirit is not found in love outside of my relationship with God. So the first fruit is love, and that love comes from ever Father. So we should also not be deceived and think that if I love somebody else, but I don't love God, then I'll have these fruits of the Spirit. No, we first have to be reconciled to ever Father. Thank you, I love what you're saying. I'm going to give it in another analogy, but I love your description. It's like what Shanaz is saying is an apple cannot be formed from a mealy tree. An apple has to be formed in an apple tree. So likewise, if you're looking at love in everywhere but God, then you're not going to get the fruits of the Holy Spirit. You're going to get human love. And human love, the Bible says, is like a filthy rag. So it's not perfect. And you need perfect love because perfect love casts out all fear. For fear is tormenting. 1 John, uh, sorry, yeah, 1 John 4, 18 says, fear torments you. So if you're looking for love everywhere else, you're not going to be fearless and you're not going to enjoy the perfect love of God, which will then bring out all the other fruits. Now, if we go carry on into Matthew 7, 24, it says, build your house on the rock. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which builds his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that hears these sayings of mine, this is Jesus saying, if everybody hears my words and do not do them, then he'll be likened unto a foolish man which builds his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. And so what we're trying to, what Jesus is saying here that when we abide in him and his word, when the issues of life come to challenge us, we will be standing strong and we will still bear fruit. But if we do not build ourselves in, in, on Jesus, if we do not abide in God, when the issues of life come, we will fall apart and you will not see any fruit of the Spirit. You will see the fruit of the devil. You will see evil fruit come forth out of us. So another way of testing the fruit of the Spirit in your life is that when the issues of life comes, are you falling apart or are you exhibiting the, the, the fruits of the Spirit? For example, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength, and we're going to be talking about it today. When your house is shaken, are you strong? Are you strengthened? Or are you falling apart? Because like Shana says, if you're falling apart, that means you don't know the joy of the Lord because the joy of the Lord strengthens you in battle. So this 
The foundation of being built on Christ Jesus is so important because the Bible does say that issues are going to come to every human being. That life's issues are going to, uh, we're going to face it. But how, what comes out of us when we face those issues is an indication if we are abiding in the vine or if we are abiding in the world system because we will collapse if we are abiding in the world system. And so I want to start now with the benefits of the fruit of the Spirit. And today we're going to be talking about gentleness. We're going to be talking about joy and peace. So in terms of gentleness, Shanaz and Gospel for Grampian listeners, according to David in Psalms 1835, David says, You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up and your gentleness has made me great. Now we are reading here that David is saying God's gentleness makes us great. How amazing is that, Shanaz? Absolutely, and I think many times we think that we have to have the strong nature and we have to um, display such a stern demeanor. But actually our strength is in gentleness and it's in quietness. It doesn't mean that we are not strong when we don't display this fruit as well. I also like what Proverbs 15 verse 1 says, Angelina. I just want to tell you. 15 verse 1 says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. That also speaks about gentleness. So we can speak, but we can do it with wisdom, like the book of Proverbs speaks so much about wisdom, and it's a godly wisdom that when we do speak, we can either do so harshly, and then, you know, the conversation can become volatile, and there's a lot of anger, but when we speak with wisdom, and we speak in gentleness, it can actually bring forth peace, and we are called to be peacemakers. Thank you, Angelina. I love what you're saying. What you're basically saying is that gentleness diffuses conflict. And you're spot on. I mean, I think about myself when Sam and I have disagreements. If I'm not emotionally intelligent and I respond in a harsh way, I can tell you that our conversation goes nowhere. We got more into conflict than anything else. And so absolutely, gentleness diffuses conflict. Another form of gentleness it illustrates unity and maturity. I think about Paul. He's addressing yeah. the saints of Ephesus and Philippi. And he says in Ephesians 4 two, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And then he talks to the Philippians, Shanaz, and he says to them, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. So gentleness, gospel for Grampian listeners, illustrates unity and maturity in the saints of God. Shanaz, do you want to add to that? Yes, and I think, Angelina, even just earlier today, while still working, I received a call from a colleague very emotional, you know, and I had to just, because I was busy with my work and I, I have deadlines to, to also complete and meet, but in that moment, the Lord just said, just listen to her. I didn't have to be impatient and the Lord just said, just listen to her. So 
that speaks to me being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You see, we have to be sensitive. And at that moment, because I listened to the Holy Spirit, I could allow my colleague just to speak for a moment and she actually burst out in tears because of the challenges that she had experienced during the day. But I have not been sensitive, that gentleness, and allow the Spirit of God just to hear what my colleague was saying, I could have missed that moment. And I believe, Angelina, it's it's going to create an opportunity for me to be able to minister to her the next occasion I speak to her. Because she was so relieved that I could just listen to her. That gentleness, as I said, we are called to be peacemakers as well. And so, for me, allowing her some time, she felt so much better and we could solve what she needed to do uh, because we, we're working together. There's certain goals that we have to achieve together. But because I was able to listen, I'm sure it had a profound impact because at the end of the call, she was able to laugh again. And I'm trusting Angelina that when I have that moment, I can minister to her. And that's what the Lord's will is for us, right? To be the salt of this earth and the light to this earth. And so through the fruit of the Spirit, when we are sensitive to God's Spirit, we are able to hear when we need to, heed to His voice so that we can reach being that disciple. Um, thank you, Angelina. You know, Shanaz, what you exhibited today was Matthew eleven twenty nine. In Matthew eleven twenty nine, the Bible says, Gentleness gives our soul rest. Soul is mind, will, and emotions. When you illustrated gentleness towards that beautiful lady, this is what happened. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. You exhibited Jesus' gentleness towards her, and she found rest for her soul. So thank you for being obedient because she needed rest and your gentleness, the gentleness of Christ in you exactly exhibited what she needed. And Gospel for Grampian listeners, it's that easy. Shanaz had to listen to the Spirit of God. She, she had her own work to do. She was really occupied. But the Holy Spirit said to her, be gentle and listen. And in just doing that, Matthew eleven twenty nine came about in that beautiful lady's uh, uh, soul because she needed rest. And God used beautiful Shanaz to give her the rest that she needed. So I urge you today, Gospel for Grampian listeners, listen to the Spirit of the Living God. If He wants you to be gentle, it is because somebody needs it. Somebody needs His rest. Not your rest, His rest. Shanaz needed to exhibit uh, gentleness because that beautiful lady needed the rest from Christ Jesus. I think about what does gentleness do to, amongst communities? One of it was exactly what happened with Shanaz and that beautiful lady that she ministered to. Another one is Proverbs 15.4. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Look what happened with Shanaz and the beautiful lady. Her spirit wasn't broken. She actually broke out in joy. And that is what it's all about. Hey, Shanaz? Definitely, and you know, our Father wants us to sow good into others' lives. So whatever we sow in, whatever fruit we display, we will reap more of that good fruits as well. So, you know, that's the blessing of being in relationship with our Father. When you, when you do His will and you are pleasing Him, 
he blesses you. I also want to read Proverbs 17, verses 22, Angelina. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bounds. So when we are abiding in him, we have his love. And because of his love, we're able to share that love with others. And when we have his love, we have joy. And so when I'm joyful, irrespective of what's happening around me, I also have a merry heart. And guess what? It does good like medicine. I think uh, the World Health Organization report also showed that there's a lot of mental illnesses. It is a, has increased drastically after COVID, right, Angelina? And across the globe, we see this happening. And so when we are abiding in Christ, our minds are guarded by the Word of God because we experience His love. And so we can rightfully become that person we will demonstrate love to others. And irrespective of what's happening, perhaps you lost your job, perhaps there's financial difficulty that you're experiencing. But when you're abiding in Christ, you allow the love of God to come into your heart. And as you're in relationship with Him, you cause the fruit of the Spirit to be alive and active in your life because you are doing God's work, meditating upon His Word. And guess what? Your mind is guarded through the Word of God and your heart is merry. And it is like good medicine. So you will not you will not be anxious, you will not experience anxiety because you are abiding in ever Father. He is alive and the Word of God is alive and active. So when we are meditating upon it, guess what? It's like good medicine to our to our bodies. Thank you, Wonderful. I love what you're saying, Shanaz. And as you're speaking about joy, I want to talk about the joy of the Spirit of God. The Greek word for joy is kara. And kara means awareness of God's grace and favor. So when you experience the joy of the Lord, it's because you are aware of his grace and his favor. Grace means God's power upon you. That means you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are powerful. Whatever God wants you to do, you have the grace to do it. Therefore, you are strengthened. Joy is supposed to strengthen you. And the reason you get strengthened is because you know it is God's grace that is sufficient for you and it is His favor upon your life. You have not earned it. You have not deserved it. You have not worked for it. Therefore, you can be joyful because you can't say, I did it. I earned it. I deserved it. Because human uh, earning cannot give you that kind of supernatural strength. You have to understand the revelation of God's grace and favor in order to operate in the joy of the Lord. And so the joy of God is kara. It means God's grace and favor. And this revelation brings joy and strength, God's strength upon a person. Matthew 25 talks about it. Jesus then talks about the parable of the talents. He he gives para, he gives talents to five, uh, five talents, uh, I think two talents and one talent. And then for the person that had the five talent and the two talent, they multiply their talent. And this is what the Lord said to them. His Lord said unto them, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou has been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler, ruler over many 
things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Hear this gospel for Grampian listeners. The word joy of the Lord there is the awareness of God's grace and favor. He's telling these people that have multiplied the talent he's given them. Enter now into the grace and the favor of God. The joy of the Lord enables us to exercise God's grace for the opportunities God would have us embrace. Because look what he's saying to them. He's saying because you've been faithful with that little and you've multiplied it, I'm now going to make you ruler of over many things. Now, now, to be a ruler over many things, Shanaz, requires much grace and much favor. That is the joy. The joy of the Lord strengthens us to be able to be a ruler over many more things because we were faithful with that little. Without the joy of the Lord, we cannot be a ruler over many. And that is what the joy of the Lord is all about. That when God gives us something to do and we show ourselves faithful to it and we multiply it, he then says, you're now qualified to operate in my grace and favor to be able to be ruler over many things. So the benefit of the joy of the Lord gospel for Grampian listeners is to walk in divine favor and grace. Therefore, you will not be intimidated when God says to you, listen, Joseph, I'm taking you out of the prison and you're going to be the economist and the prime minister over the most powerful nation of the time, Egypt. Was Joseph intimidated? Was he afraid? No. He operated in the joy of the Lord, which is the grace and the favor of the Lord. He could operate in that level of rulership because he understood what Kara meant. It is God's grace and God's favor because he was faithful in the prison with little. And so it is important for us gospel for Grampian listeners to not take lightly God's joy. It is not all about laughter. It is not all about laughter. It is about strength. It is about power. It is about vigor. It is about favor for God to take us from one promotion to another. David was able to face that giant. And he could say, who is this uncircumcised giant Philistine that will come against the army of God? He understood the grace and favor of God that he could take five stones and he slingshot and know that the favor of God, the grace of God will wipe out that giant. That is what the joy of the Lord is. His brothers thought he was arrogant, Shanaz, when he was inquiring to about you know about this philistine giant his brothers thought oh is he just being arrogant and boastful here meanwhile he knew what grace and favor meant therefore he could say absolutely let me take this giant right yes and i think that's a profound angelina that brings us back to how could he be so confident he was confident because he knew god he was walking in relationship he had the ability to slain and kill a bear and a lion. So he knew the favor of God, and therefore he could stand before that giant. He wasn't being uh, boastful in himself, but because he was walking in relationship, therefore he could say the joy of the Lord was his strength, and the, the joy of the Lord gave him that confidence to face that giant. And so when we face our situations in our day-to-day lives, we can have that same joy. Uh, Angelina spoke about our joy will not be moved. It will not be moved by what we face in our daily challenges that we experience because we are confident of who we are in Christ. 
we know we abide in the Lord, and because we abide in Him, we will be forth good fruit, and we know that the favor of the Lord is upon our lives, and therefore, doesn't matter what we're happening, the joy of the Lord is our strength. I also like what Psalm 50 says, Angelina. Um, I'm just going to read from verse 4. Sing praise to the Lord, your saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So the difference between happiness and joy, happiness is temporal. But joy is a constant, and joy can only come when we put our trust in the Lord like David, like Angelina spoke about David now. His joy was constant. It wasn't temporal, whether he was the king or whether he was looking after his sheep, whether he was fighting off the bear and the lion, whether he needed to face Goliath, but his joy was constant because he understood who he was in Christ. Relationship abiding in Christ. Thank you, Angelina. Yes. So, gospel for grandparent listeners, do not confine joy to an emotion. Joy is a strength of God upon your life in order for you to do great exploits. I love what Daniel says, and I keep using that. Those who know their God will do great exploits. You cannot do great exploits if you do not have the strength of Christ. And that is the joy of the Lord. I'm thinking about Shanaz, about Jesus. The Bible says that for the joy that was set forth before him, he went to the cross. It was the strength of what was going to happen at the cross that enabled him to go to the cross. Hey, he was strengthened. Joy strengthened him because he knew that once he completed the cross assignment, that all humanity was going to be saved and redeemed. And it was that joy that strengthened him to go to the cross. Wow. That's so profound, Angelina, because he, he had you and I in mind. He had the listeners in mind. He was keeping us all in mind and that truly brought about joy because he realized the victory for us as mankind. Wow, absolutely beautiful. I'm just so humbled by the Lord that he loves us so much that he gives us his strength for the battle. Therefore, we never have to be afraid and intimidated and worried and perish because his joy enables us to enjoy the victory. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, Shanaz. We don't pray for victory. We pray from victory because when Jesus went on that cross, he wore the victor's crown. On the third day of him being resurrected, everyone who becomes saved lives from a standpoint of victory. So nobody should be praying for victory, but from victory. And that alone should give us the joy to be able to be strong in everything we do because we already have the victory. The minute we became born again, life has become victorious. I was thinking about it, Shanaz. God is eternal. And he already paid for our victory. Our job when we pray and read the word of God is to align our faith to victory because victory is already paid for. It is done. Absolutely. I like what you're saying, Angelina. We are 
we at our starting point it's already victorious we are not starting at the point of defeat and with that in mind we should have joy because we know that we are already victorious Beautiful. So we, we can't be intimidate, intimidated. And I think that is what David was talking about, Shanaz, when he went to see his brothers and everybody was standing there watching the Philistines. He operated in the victory, in the finished works, because the Bible says David was prophetic. That is why certain of the, uh, of the Psalms he wrote was Jesus going through the crucifixion. David was prophetic and he already knew that what was going to come was the righteousness and the spirit of God, etc. He already operated in the king, the priest and the prophet mantle that we operate in now. And, and he understood the joy of the Lord. He understood the victory that was already paid for. That is why everything he did, he did it from a victorious standpoint. He could stay in the wilderness, humble himself uh, to Saul because he knew he already got the victory even when Saul came after him. He knew he had the victory. Therefore, he wasn't intimidated and he didn't have to slay Saul. We don't have to slay those in authority persecuting us because we already have the victory. Come on, gospel for grampian listeners believe it jesus has already paid the victory when we are reading the word and when we are praying we are aligning our mind and our hearts to that victory because it is done when jesus said it is finished it is finished that means from the time you became born again you live in victory and you have to conform to that truth and how you do that is i love what Shana says when you abide in God, you then conform to that victory. Therefore, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. No evil shall befall you and no wicked shall come near your dwelling places because you have conformed yourself to the truth that you walk in victory, you live in victory. In Christ, we live, move and have our being. Greater is God that is in us than he that's in the world. That is the truth that we should abide in. John 15, 9 says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Ah, Chinas, listen, he says, your joy may be full. Huh? So that means he gives us joy. It's not the joy that man brings about. It means that he imparts joy into our hearts. And because this joy is not something that is temporal, like purchasing an item that brings about some happiness for a moment. Uh, I know many of the women have a fetish for shoes. They might purchase a shoe, a pair of beautiful shoes. It brings about some happiness, but for a moment. But this joy that the Lord is speaking about in this portion of chapter is a joy that's everlasting. It is a joy that cannot be touched. But it is only when we abide in Him, Angelina. That's the beautiful part. And we have nothing to lose gospel for granted, listeners. When we abide in Him, He in exchange gives us a joy. A joy that we cannot imagine that irrespective of what you're facing, that you are able to have a peaceful night's sleep when people around you are perhaps in turmoil and they look at you and they can't understand. But how is it possible that Angelina can experience such joy? Shouldn't she have been crying 
constantly when we look at her because of the challenges she's facing. But because Angelina is abiding in her father, she has experienced his love and she has allowed him to release his joy into her heart because she's abiding in him. She's abiding in his world. She's walking in relationship. She is in right standing with her father. And therefore, this joy comes that no man can understand. And I think, you know, Angelina, um, honestly, this is such a beautiful relationship with her father. Where do you see this in any other religion? That you can have a joy that's unspeakable. Wow, it's just so profound. I can't understand why people are not actually running to this beautiful Lord Jesus that we are serving. And, and you know, Shanaz, also what is so beautiful is that he's saying, I'm giving you full joy, not half joy, not quarter joy. I'm giving you full measure. Jesus had the full measure. We've got the full measure. That means we got God's measure of grace, God's measure of favor, God's measure of strength. Talk about victory. We have victory. We are undefeatable. We are invincible. We are invincible. Therefore, when we say no weapon formed against us shall prosper, it is truth. How can anybody come against the strength, the favor, and the grace of God? Nobody. So gospel for Grampian listeners, I want to read this again. John 15, 9. These things I've spoken to you that you that my joy may remain in you. Jesus is saying this, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. That means God's joy in us gives us his grace, his strength, his favor. That means no weapon formed against us shall ever prosper. So when we see a weapon coming against us, we got to stand strong like David and not be fearful because we go back to that point that Shanaz spoke about first perfect love casts out all fear when you're in the love of God you understand his favor and strength upon you you will not be afraid when the Philistines come against you you will rather take your word and say who is this uncircumcised Philistine coming against me I am a child of the living God and you just throw words at him, the words of the living God, because you know your strength, your grace and favor is God's. You know, Shanaz, I'm thinking about David. Now he goes on to say in Psalms 22, 13, and this just encapsulates with this, this joy thing that we talk about. He says here, the king shall have joy in your strength, O Lord. Be exalted, O Lord, in your strength. We sing and praise your power. Look what the strength does. It gives power. God's power. Hey? And it gives you strength and power. Yes. So when we're feeling weak, if we abide in Him and we look to Him, He gives us power. Absolutely. He's a good God. He's a good God. So if anything, do we need the fruits of the Spirit gospel for Grampian? Of course. When we abide in God, we are invincible and undefeated. Like David is saying, David was such a great man of God, a captain of the army of God, a captain of Israel, the king of Israel. And he saw God's strength at work in his life. And here this king says, be exalted, O God, in your 
own strength. And we sing and praise your power because David knew that everything he was, was as a result of God's power at work in his life. And that is why he was such a powerful king. And remember when Jesus was born, the people addressed Jesus as son of David because he came from the lineage of David and God demonstrated his power, his joy, his strength, his might. Through David, the lineage that our Jesus came to as son of man. Hey? Absolutely. And so that means we part of the lineage of the Lord Jesus as well, Angelina. And the same power that David had, we can experience today. The same joy David had, we can experience today. It starts with our obedience. If we heed unto the voice of the Lord, we submit unto God, and we are not disobedient when we seek Him and we entrust Him with everything that we have in our hearts. Maybe perhaps, Gospel for granted, listeners, you are not truly heeding unto our Father, and therefore you cannot experience the fruit of the Spirit. We want to encourage you this evening. We want to encourage you this day. Heed unto the voice of the Lord so that you truly can experience the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Shanaz. As we talk about our last fruit, we've got a few minutes left. So we're going to talk about the peace of the Spirit of God. And that is so, so important, Shanaz. You know, um, John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. This is Jesus talking and he's saying to his disciples, I leave you my peace. I give you my peace. I do not give it to you as the world gives you. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Why? When the world gives us peace, we are troubled and we are afraid. But the peace of God keeps us safe that we do not become fearful. So what does peace do? Peace firstly guards our mind, will and emotions because really fear starts in the mind right? Anxiety starts in the heart and the mind. And so let us be clear now that, um, that peace is there to guard our souls. Philippians 4, 7 says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So peace guards our soul. I don't know if you want to add to that, Shanaz. Yes. And why is peace so important? Ever Father knew that we will, we will be facing challenges. But he says we shouldn't worry. He's, Jesus says we shouldn't worry because he's already overcome the troubles of this world. Remember, Jesus was not immune to what mankind experienced whilst he was on this earth. He experienced the loss of a loved one. You know, Lazarus passed on. Jesus cried. He experienced what it was to lose a loved one. But yet he says he has overcome this world so that we have peace. Jesus experienced people betraying him. So you are feeling betrayed, yet he had peace. Jesus was rejected. He was rejected by thousands. Perhaps you are experiencing that rejection in your life. Guess what? As you are abiding, Abba Father, Jesus already has overcome this world. And he gives you peace. And it's so beautiful, Angelina, that Jesus was not immune 
So what you and I experienced when he was on this earth is a man in the form of mankind. So even though he has been, he's left this earth and is now with our Father, he understands our hearts and our minds when we experience difficulties. And that's why you could say this word, beautiful listeners, as Angelina read it, Jesus has overcome this world, all the troubles of this world. And so we can have peace. We don't have to sit with peace because it will deteriorate our health. When we start to worry about things and we take it upon ourselves, it actually affects our physical health. We spoke about the heart is like good medicine. So to worry will bring about fear, anxiety, and eventually it will be displayed in our physical health. And that is not the desire of our Lord. He says he's overcome the worries of this world. So we have the peace of God. And we have to declare it and we have to receive it in faith. Thank you, Angelique. Thank you, Shanaz. And, you know, peace is also a sign of maturity. I love what Matthew 5, 9 says, Shanaz. It says, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers because they will be called sons of God. So sons of God means maturity, not babes of God, but sons of God. So when we are peacemakers, we illustrate that we are sons of God. You know, I think about myself. There was a bit of a conflict between me and a person recently, and uh, it was really hurtful, really offended. Um, I was the one who said sorry, and they didn't even up saying sorry for their side of, uh, you know, the the conflict. But I decided I'm going to make them a meal. I'm going to make them a cake, and I'm going to make them popcorn, and I'm going to wash their clothes. That was my way of saying, you know what, I'm going to be a peacemaker. And actually, Shanaz, believe in me, I actually felt better after doing that. So I do believe that, you know, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 13, live in peace with each other. So when we live in peace with each other, we actually create a positive atmosphere and it helps us actually to be able to abide more properly in Christ Jesus when we are able to live peacefully amongst the people in our natural environment. So peace with each other is important. It is good for yourself. So take the pride away and make peace for your own well-being. As we end now, we've got like a few seconds left, Gospel for Grampian, a lot of thought-provoking things we spoke about today, but we'll continue more next week as we come to you with more Fruits of the Spirit from Shanaz and I. Ta-ta! Goodbye.